Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thank you all for being here. Um, Are there any questions or comments about those practices we just did? A lot of a lot of people find it very difficult. <coughs> yes. So the intention is that the following the breath gets us kind of to a more stable place, so we're ready for the effortless or formless practice. So um, I like to give little talks at these. So I have a little talk prepared, and this talk's called "Here's the Thing About Meditation Practice." <laughs> I could have done better, but here's the thing about meditation practice. Um, Like anything else that's designed to make us better people, we are going to get out of it what we put into it. So when I first started meditating, I did what maybe a lot of people do, where I just did it when I felt like it. When I was inspired to meditate, then I would sit down and meditate. So what did that lead to? Not doing it very much. So I didn't do it consistently, and my practice was very rare, and that's a habit I fall into very easily, and that's sort of why I created this elaborate situation where I, I have to do it, I can't get away with not doing it because I'm, I'm here. So I found in that period when I didn't do it consistently and when I fall off the wagon, when I don't do it consistently, I also don't get a lot out of it. I don't feel more mi- mindful in my life. And I think a lot of people, they just start and they do it a couple times and they don't do it very consistently and so they quit. I think it happens a lot. And that's why, because people just do it a couple of times, then they feel like, oh, I'm never going to be good at this, so they quit without really giving themselves a chance. We want results. And the truth is, even, even when you start to feel like you're more mindful, more compassionate, more aware in your life, even then, still not doing it's very tempting because we're sort of addicted to not paying attention and not being fully present. So... I'm going to tell you what I do, and I would encourage you to try to do something like what I do, but I wouldn't shame you if you don't, but I would just say that what I like to do is I like to, I put the kids to bed, and then I meditate for 10 minutes, and I do that at home, and then I come here, and I do a longer practice, and it kind of supercharges my practice because it's a longer practice here, so if you're able to do it at home, um, I do recommend that. I like to do it. I put the kids to bed and then I do it. I think first thing in the morning and at night before bed are the best times just because there's the least going on. And I also think that just 10 minutes makes a big difference. So if you can do that, if you are able to meditate at home, to find a a place in your home that is not chaotic, which is hard for some of us, but a place that's kind of clean and kind of quiet where you can do it. And it also does help to do it in the same place every day rather than just today I'll meditate in the library, today I'll meditate in the living room, today. Rather than that, it it helps to have the same place over and over. It's sort of, um, we have, we don't notice when it's happening, but we have these neural pathways in our brain that if we 
are in this place where we meditate, it kind of gets us a little bit ready beforehand because subconsciously we know to expect to enter these states. And then, so if you can meditate at home, I think that's very good. And then you come here for a longer meditation and some encouragement. And if you want to just do it here, that's okay. But I think we're just scratching the surface of what we can accomplish. Because if we meditate a little bit, then we're going to be a little bit more mindful, a little bit more relaxed. But if we meditate regularly and a lot, then we can transform our lives. And that it can make a big difference. So next I want to talk about obstacles to our practice, and I want to know um, if any of you have ideas for what are things that make meditation hard. And if nobody wants to speak up, that's okay, I've got a list here, but I'm wondering if anybody wants to share what makes meditation hard. Asthma. Yeah. I was just experiencing tonight. Um, because of multiple sclerosis, you never know what's going to happen with your body. And um, I usually meditate sitting up. Uh, I used to, before I was in panic, I sat like you do. Mm -hmm. um, but that's become difficult. And now I've noticed that anytime I have my legs bent, my foot falls asleep. Oh. <laughs> so my left foot cut falling asleep. So what are your feelings of if you just you know, like I so my legs up resting on so, or something. So two things. One is do you think if you lay down you'll fall asleep? Yeah. Okay. I always do when I try to meditate laying down. So um then the second option is yeah, well next time let's put a chair in front of you. You can put your feet up. That's okay. Um yeah, I think that's not a problem. Put your feet up, definitely. Feet falling asleep is a terrible problem because that's going to take all your attention, right? Like I said, sometimes it happens, sometimes it happens. <laughs> just a little note because I have not knee problems, but at home, if you put your feet on something, make sure that it's at a downward angle from your body instead of straight out. Okay. Because then you'll have the same issue, the blood flow. So you'll want just like a... Makes sense. Yes. Not so much an obstacle to the routine, but for myself personally, when I first started meditating about a year ago, I was doing it in short five, ten minute intervals using the various apps that are out there. And this for a period of about a month or two, and I didn't notice anything changing about my ability to be in the moment, my awareness and mindfulness. But when I jacked that up to a solid 30, 20 or 30 minutes of practice, the benefits were phenomenal. I don't actually have any data to support this as a, uh, as a widespread phenomenon, but if any of you find difficulties with uh, progress, making progress, maybe try meditating for longer periods of time. Can I ask you, based on what you just said, when you said you do app-guided meditations, which do you prefer, which do you? I'm still a novice, so I do prefer the guided meditations, but I'm, I'm pretty confident I could uh, do it on my knees, as I said. So. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't use anything when I'm when I'm home. I just I'm sitting. I don't use any sort of app or anything. That that said, it's not I don't judge those things. I um, I hadn't used one just mm -hmm. because I didn't have the thought. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Okay. I think using a, a timer has helped me as well. I use just Insight Timer, which is mm -hmm. a nice gong sound. Otherwise, if I don't use it, if I don't have my timer, then I'm thinking, okay, is it yeah. time? <laughs> yeah. How long have I been? You, you'll tend to think, oh, I've probably been sitting for 30 minutes, and then you look, oh, eight minutes, great. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. Every, we sat for 30 minutes tonight, by the way, if anybody, including the instructions. So really like 26 or 25 minutes. Um, okay. So I just want to talk about a few things that are obstacles to practice that I think people have sometimes. And one is what I call making deals. And that is when we tell ourselves, oh, I, I should meditate today, but I'm gonna, I'll meditate longer later instead of meditating today. And the thing about that is you're not going to meditate longer later, right? So um, that's the thing a lot of people do. And that's the thing I do. Anyway, and then another thing, and this is, I really struggled with this in the beginning when I first started practicing. It's called, I call it seeking perfection. And that is just, I would meditate today, but I'm tired. Or I'm having a bad day. Or my imagination's really active. Or whatever, just waiting for the perfect day to meditate, that's not going to work. Um, and that was the thing I really struggled with. I really wanted the, the perfect day to practice when I've had enough sleep and when I'm not thinking about all sorts of things, but I don't think that's real. So, and then another thing is just sort of losing sight of what we're doing. So, this is meant to improve our, our lives, and if we start to think of it, if we don't think of it in that light, if we start to think of it as a chore, then it can be really, really challenging to keep doing. If we just think, oh, I gotta go meditate. We don't wanna have that attitude if we can help it. So what we really wanna have is a belief that it's something good that we're doing for ourselves. And some people like to use the word faith for that, and I think that's a really loaded word, and I think a lot of people have baggage around that word, so I just want to say a belief that it's doing good for us, that it helps us to live a more meaningful life, and that being present in our experience is a good thing. If we have that mindset, I want to be fully present, I want to, you know, when I talk to someone, I want to be able to just pay attention to them and not be daydreaming so I'm not paying attention. So if we have that mindset, we can start to take the practice more seriously and when we take the practice more seriously then that's when we're ready to put down our put down our shit and really be real and really be here and often in life we don't even know when we're not present and that's part of our problem too and i've found that in my meditation practice i kind of know and so kind of it seems bad because i know oh i'm not present very often but it's i'm that was true already right i'm just bringing awareness to that so we can start to see this practice as time well spent. Um, and I wanted to ask if any of you have things you think you need to help yourself have a regular practice. I think having the routine of coming here is what helps me. But um, does anyone else have ideas of what they might need that would help? And if not, that's okay. Second, the, the notion that routine is paramount. Uh, having a consistent time and place that you do it. Um, there is a particular uh, 
technique for building habits and accomplishing goals. It's the acronym SMART. It stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. <coughs> a good goal has all of those aspects. Specific, when, where, attainable, something you can accomplish. Measurable, so how long you do it. To have methods for measuring how, how if you're improving, attainable, something you can actually accomplish, uh, relevant, something that actually is relevant to your goals, and time bound, uh, having an actual, um, uh, um, well, yeah. having, having a routine idea of how, how often you're going to do your work towards, mm -hmm. toward, to the routine or the goal. That's helped me a lot. It helps anyone else. Um, so this is only sort of related, but I have heard, I don't know anyone that's really done this, but I have heard that there are people who decide they want to start meditating and then they just decide, oh, I'm just going to do it an hour every day yeah. right away. And then those people overwhelm themselves and they fall apart because they didn't, they didn't set a reasonable goal. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm going to start exercising. Well, you don't start by running five miles. Well, right. It's the same thing. People try to do that, and they, they have a tough time. Yeah. I do so much stuff. I don't even know what the word for that fallacy is, but I think New Year's resolution fallacy is a good one. Yeah. That's the same principle I think with New Year's resolutions that work out. So you just jump straight into it. I set reminders for myself. Like, I'm aware of when I need to leave my house to be to work on time. But I still have a reminder on my phone that goes off that says, you know, leave ASAP at a certain time. Um, I have reminders that pop up on my work computer of saying, hey, it's about that time you need to take your 15-minute break just so you don't get overwhelmed with work. Um, when I need to prep stuff the night before to get ready for work, I have a... If I do it, then I turn the reminder off. But just in case I don't do it, I have that reminder. And it's not because I'm forgetful. It just helps me be in the moment of knowing this is something that needs to be done and you need to make sure you do it. So I find for myself sitting little reminders helps me remember to do stuff. Just having something to signal to you, stop what you're doing. I have... I even, oh, I'm sorry. As no, I, say, I even know what my process at work is every day. I still make myself a written out to-do list and as I do each bit of my job that I need to, I check it off. I have... Um, Okay, so at, at work, I have Microsoft Outlook on my computer, and I set, I have the calendar. There's the calendar there, and I put things in there. So while I don't set timers on my phone, but I have the calendar, and it'll tell me, hey, in 15 minutes, you have a meeting. Oh, okay. So that's sort of the same. Okay, so um, I guess we're finished. So I want to thank everyone for coming. Um, I have a sign-in sheet, and there's a donation bowl over there, and if you feel compelled to donate, you can, but... If you can't donate, if you can't donate, then please don't. But if you can, then uh, do. Yeah, that's it. I'll never, I'll never charge for this, but I do pay for this, so I will take donations. Thank you. Can I give one more? Uh, yeah. Thing that I do. I bring Bobby. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I bring her to these when I'm at home. I talk my husband or my kid into meditating with me. Accountability. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, everybody, homework. Bring a friend next time. <laughs>
Thank you for listening and have a good day.